evening and welcome to Shattered Lives, a lively, educational, and issues-driven radio show designed to tell another side of the story, to focus on and humanize crime victims, to enlighten and shine the spotlight on organizations and service providers, and to assist those who walk the path with us. This is Donna Argor, a.k.a. Lady Justice, your host, with my co-host, Delilah Jones, president of ImaginePublicity.com, welcoming you this Saturday uh, and every Saturday for enlightenment, education, and awareness, primarily surrounding the issues of the aftermath of crime. And uh, so good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition. We are so pleased and proud to uh, provide you a bird's eye view for a very special series, and we have Shara McCollum, a.k.a. Mac, um, with us to provide us with um, enlightenment regarding a very special series, um, and they are on their, what I like to call, magical mystery tour across the country, being able to uh, provide education with regard to selected cold cases across the country and it is my understanding that um, they are being provided with a wealth of information not only with respect to um, the the cases that they are uh, trying to to bring to light but also with respect to culture and geography and the 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 plethora of people that they are meeting and um, although it's uh, Saturday uh, the 12th, I believe, we are going to take you back retrospectively uh, to the beginning because there's much to talk about, many stories. So before we bring her on, just want to say good evening, Delilah, and so glad to uh, be on this journey. And and you're a warrior yourself, so aren't you excited about this as well? Oh, absolutely excited. I'm I can't wait to hear Cheryl's of, of what's happened so far. Uh you know, they've been out there for a little while now and traveled a lot of miles and I know um there's a lot of news to report, so let's get into it. Okay. And I don't think that uh, we we have to do any big formal introduction of Cheryl McCollum, she's the founder uh, of the Cold Case Investigative Research, uh, Research Institute in Atlanta, but my understanding is, you know, right now they may be in the Arizona, in Arizona, but they've been in a plethora of states. So, Mac, um, welcome. Thank you so much for being on. This is so exciting. So take it away. <laughs> well, it's so great to talk to both of you. I tell you, I've got a lot of stories to tell. We have been on the road for 10 solid days, and uh-huh. it has just been remarkable so far. But our first major stop, Alabama, and we visited with Auburn University, Montgomery, because they're one of our you know, founding colleges for the Institute. And then right. we moved on to Louisiana to work on our first case from the scene of the crime. Mm-hmm. And that's the missing persons case of Daphne Jones. So we were able to meet the family, her aunt and her sister and her brother. And we had Holly Hughes join us. Uh, and y'all know Holly. And to have Holly in that environment uh, from the scene of the crime was truly remarkable because, you know, her perspective is so different. 
being a prosecutor and a defense attorney. Um, we also had a writer with us, and Evelyn Monahan. You know, she provided a lot of the uh, metaphysical aspects of what was happening. That was her area when she was a college professor at Emory University in Atlanta. And then, of course, myself and our children. So we mm-hmm. took this um, from a standpoint of we needed to get the evidence to law enforcement. So two of the cold case investigators were able to meet with us. Her sister was able to give a sample. So they're going to be able to cross-check that sample with some blood that was found in a vehicle not related to the victim to cross-check to see whether or not the mitochondrial DNA is going to line up to show that mm-hmm. it was, in fact, the victim. So wow. we're excited. Can, can you give us a little thumbnail sketch of who uh, uh, you said, Daphne Jones? What mm-hmm. what was she was a, what was that case about? She was a 22 year old student at the University of New Orleans, and she had recently found out she was pregnant. So she moved off campus to a small apartment about a mile from Lake Pontchartrain, mm-hmm. and just a, a very accomplished, very beautiful, very bright, intelligent young woman. Spoke eight languages. Um, was an honor roll student. Everybody loved her. Everybody liked her. No enemies. And she worked at Brennan's, the famous restaurant there. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was a cold January day, and she was supposed to show up at work at 3. Her grandmother had dropped her off at her new apartment about, you know, 2 o'clock, and she was going to get ready to go to work. Well, then nobody heard from her at 3.30, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock. People started calling her. Her aunt went by the apartment with law enforcement and the landlord, and her iron was on because she was getting her shirt ready for work. There was a little pot on the stove where she had heated up a little bit of dinner. The TV was on in the bedroom, Mm -hmm. and there was just no sign of her. She did not own a car, so she wouldn't have driven anywhere. She had a backpack that she basically used as a purse that was at the scene. And so they immediately knew something was not right. Um, and the search started. She's never been found, never been recovered. Like I said, there was an amount of blood found in a vehicle. So we, again, from the scene of the crime, are working backwards. But at the time that she went missing, 17 years ago, there was no real development with mitochondrial DNA. Well, there is now. So fortunately, we've got not one, but two detectives adamant and finding answers. So, again, there's you cannot, I don't think, overstate the importance of physically being there. If you locate a witness or, a, you know, somebody that's got information, take them physically to law enforcement. I, just, I don't think you can overstate how important what occurred there was. So what did you get? What I mean, maybe expound on that a little bit. What is it that you get from being there physically 17 years later that you, you could you could not get in the be, in the beginning or uh, with, without going there physically to the scene? What is it from your perspective as a professional that well, you for mine, yeah, my, yeah. Well, for her apartment is like a, a mile from Lake Pontchartrain. It's another mile in the opposite direction to a swamp area. 
In other words, there's a lot of places that she could have been put quickly that she would not have necessarily been recovered from. So that was important right. for me, physically being there, to see the the street and the activity on the street, how close neighbors were on all sides, from the back of her, on each uh-huh. side of her. Um, did you hold one second? I'm so yes. sorry. Hold on one second. That's okay. Um, and it's also imperative that, like, across the street, the view of the people. So that kind of thing was real important for me. Um, the other thing that was important was the distance between the swamp and the lake. So, again, somebody in a vehicle, perfect. So the the distance that somebody could physically take her and dispose of her, they could have done so extraordinarily fast. Yeah, and it, it just seems so bizarre that here you say she had the iron on and, you know, all of these things, she was cooking something. So this right. was very, like, spontaneous. Was, is it, was it not? Or, you know, just something no, very quick? It was very, very quick. And, again, she would have left in a hurry only because there was an emergency of somebody that she cared something about. Um, but, again, I can't overstate that, you know, our job is to help law enforcement. And hopefully that's what we did here by getting her sister there. Hopefully that's what we did by allowing her aunt to talk on tape with them and give information that they didn't have before. Because here's the reality. They are having to work against things that were lost during Katrina. Um, I mean, that's Uh something that department just has to deal with. There are some photographs and some files, not on just this case, on a multitude of cases, that because of that tragic event are lost forever. So, again, when family members can give an account of what they know, for example, she didn't own a car, that's imperative to know that. So she wasn't driving. She didn't leave on her own in a vehicle that was hers, operated by her. So, you know, just hopefully it's going to paint a different picture. But, again, in about two and a half weeks from now, I hope we're going to have an update for y'all that's going to be extraordinary. Oh, that would that be is great. So is there, are there any suspects in that case at all, Cheryl? Or? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Newly that, that's really all I, I mean, can say at this point, yeah. but yes. Mm-hmm. Well, well, that's that's very hopeful that um, and with with having the the relatives there and the DNA, I mean, that's like you say, that's key. Um, yes. It's just, and that's giving the family what? Tell us about. How how the family felt being there and contributing, and how how they're feeling now versus 17 years ago. Well, this was the first time they had been able to meet with law enforcement face to face in 17 years. So they wow. came from Maryland and Orlando and DC. So mm-hmm. it was it was a very important meeting in that they got to sit down face to face. They got to give their account. They got to talk extensively about Daphne, who she was, who she wasn't, um, so that they got a better sense of the victimology in this case. Um, I think it was also really important that 
again, they were able to tell them things like, Daphne didn't even have a driver's license. Well, when a case changes hands multiple times, a lot of times what happens is you're told the story, but you don't know the case. So having them fill in some blanks and some gaps was awesome. And just to watch those detectives, and I'm telling you, the care and concern that they worked with that family, the energy that they showed in getting the, you know, swab done and, and taking the information on tape, um, they were truly, truly a gift to that family as well. Oh, man, I wish they could have been there. It, it just sounds so wonderful that that, that wonderful. happened. And, and it sounds like there's, you know, such rapport and chemistry that was created. And, you know, and long last... I mean, lasting relationships in that you're taking new information, you're getting, you know, you're you're bringing this from the ashes, Mac, and you're you're creating a whole new tapestry of, of information and new and new new hope for them. I mean, maybe there's a fine line between getting expectations or getting don't rise their hopes too much, but yet you have this new information and new technology just brings it to a new level. So. I don't know. You you must be your your role in this. It's just you know you're the catalyst for this. Um, and well, I appreciate it. But I'm I'm just telling you, every single person that sent one dollar helped get these people here. And I know yeah. we got several little notes that said, "Oh, it's not much. It's not anything. It's everything. Every dollar got somebody another mile." And that to me um, cannot be overstated. You know, it's not like, you know, people weren't willing to help. And, and again, you can't even understand how we have been treated across the country so far. Um, families have bought us dinner. Other families have put us up in hotels. Um, we've had just remarkable um, handouts, for lack of a better word, whether it's a case <laughs> of bottled water, whether somebody mm-hmm. says, hey, I want to do this for y'all. Or, no, we're going to do breakfast for you. Um, Whatever it is, I mean, I have truly been overwhelmed. Truly. By people's generosity, yeah. Yes, yes. Overwhelming generosity. And, again, we've had people say over and over and over, oh, it's not much. Oh, I'm not doing anything. Well, when you're, you know, at a crime scene where it's, you know, 100 degrees, if somebody hands you a case of bottled water, that's pretty much everything <laughs> at that point. <laughs> you know, and uh, I mean, again, uh, the Turner family in Oklahoma um, put us up in a hotel, and they don't want people to know that, but I think it's important for people to know it. And they fed us, and I mean, I'm talking about a home-cooked meal in their home, and there were nine experts at that scene. And, I mean, that's just remarkable. Wow. The, um they're so gracious, and we kept trying to tell them, we're here to help you. You know what right. I mean? You don't need to keep helping us. And they're like, no, we're we're doing it. This is important to us. This means everything. And, uh, again, we met some extraordinary people once we got to Oklahoma. And I, I'm jumping a little bit because a lot of things happen between New Orleans and Oklahoma. But I'm going to go okay, ahead and talk well. about it because I, I talked about mm-hmm. the Turners already. But uh, Shanda Turner was first ruled a suicide. She died of a single gunshot wound to her chest 
out in front of her home that she shared with her boyfriend at the time. There had been some problems that night. They had a fight. They were arguing over a gun. Um, he had been drinking, admittedly. Um, it was just a situation where it went from bad to worse, and he claims that he slept through it. And when he woke up, he drove to his mom's house. Even though the hospital was four minutes away, he didn't pick her up and take her. He didn't call 911. Nobody called 911 for over an hour. So the more you read about this case, frankly, the matter you get because of the things that transpired there that didn't have to. That she that could didn't have been. Yeah. Right. She could have been saved if help had gotten to her. But it didn't. You know, so we got there and we met with the Turners and again, we went to the scene the best we could. We went to all the places that she went that day. And um, here's the great thing. Y'all know Holly Hughes. Mm -hmm. Well, Holly finally says what everybody thinks, what everybody knows, how everybody feels. And she says, look, the boyfriend needed to be charged at the time. Like, what are we doing? What are we waiting on? Well, Channel 4 shows up, gets a hold of that. We meet with the sheriff. We tell the sheriff kind of that we're there to help him, which we are. If he needs a profiler, if he needs a statement analyst, if he needs a reenactment, if he needs a 3D of the scene, whatever he needs, all gratis. It will not cost him one dime. And then um, the DA there, Mashburn, says if we're able to bring him anything, you know, and it's anything that he can take the grand jury, we're done. So what what were you able to bring to that situation um, at that point in time? What did they ask want? me that again? What did they do? What were they well, what, what were you able to bring and what did you actually end up doing to assist them at that point in time? Well Again, what we're trying to do is we're going to do a statement analyst of the scene. We're going to do a reenactment the best that we can. Um, but for us, you know, the most important thing, again, is have experts that tell us, yes, we will do this, we'll do that. Okay. Um, and again, you know, having somebody called out, you know, by Holly Hughes, was pretty remarkable. You know what I mean? So that's going to get the ball rolling because um, now it's kind of like a oh, my word moment for everybody. Does that make sense to you? Mm-hmm. She's, she's saying what 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 uh, actually needs to have happen, and the media picks this up, and, and you have the correct professionals in place and on standby to do what they need to do. So, you you know, you've... You've got you've got everything there, and hopefully it right. happens like clockwork, right? And it'll be a it'll be a firestorm at this point. We're hoping. Okay, so that's coming up. Yes, yes. So again, we've got people that are still um, that are going to maintain that. And um, you know, but again, the firestorm of the media. We're hoping to draw other people out, to draw people to say, hey, I remember so-and-so. The family is offering $100,000 for whoever comes forward with information for a conviction. 
that's a hundred thousand reasons to come forward. So again, for Holly being so outstanding with the media, then you know, hopefully more people are going to know about the reward, more people are going to hear about it, and come forward. And then again, we're going to go back and work with the sheriff on the state analysts and try to get some movement on this case with DA Adams. Mm-hmm. So did they take up your offer for all of those services that you just mentioned? Yes. Yes. Okay. And at what point in time is that happening in this year? It's happening currently. It's all in the works. Like Kelly Ayer is a forensic expert from West Virginia. She's already all over. Wow. It's excellent. That's really exciting news to hear. It's Ooh. very exciting news to hear. It's and, and here's the other great thing. Chief Stacy White is the chief of police in a local area there, about 45 minutes away from Elmer City, where Shanna lives. He said, look, I'm right here, Sheriff. She said, I'll come pick up any report and get them to the team. I can make copies and get them to everybody. So, again, we have a law enforcement leader 45 minutes away from the scene, who's going to be able to work with that sheriff and get us all the prevalent information that he could give to us. Wow. Well, talk about talk about miracles and and luck and good karma and all of that. That's that's so great. That's yeah. So, great. so you will have on that case now. You're saying the other case you just talked about in about two and a half weeks, you'll have you'll have information on that DNA. Correct. And, and what about with with this Oklahoma case? What do you what do you predict? Um, when might you have some information for that? Is there any way to predict that? There's really no way to predict that, but I would guess it's six months. If I had to guess. Okay. Well, that's you know again, people people wait a lifetime. Six months is nothing, right? Well, no, not after. Like twenty something years, right? Right. Well, yeah, that's that's just so encouraging and that's wonderful. And you know, I think Susan Murphy Milano is looking down when you talk about Oklahoma. She's probably doing the doing a victory dance for all the good stuff that you're that that you're doing with regard well, to that case as well. Holly you know? and I talked about her a lot on this trip. Um, and I told Holly, I said, I'm going to have to channel Susan. And I think that Susan got a hold of Holly once that TV camera came on. Holly, she did not let up off the gas once. She went in, and it was it was right on. And I know that people talk about, where well, you worried about being sued. Sued for what? You can tell her opinion. And especially mm-hmm. her opinion is backed up by fact. That is her opinion of what happened in that case. So... You know, it ain't slanderous, it's true, you know what I'm saying? Right. Well, the thing is, the truth isn't going to change. The truth is out there, and the truth doesn't change. And it, right. it, it's going to be what it is, and it's all going to come down. And I just feel right. like finally right. there's going to be resolution for the Turner. I hope so, because I tell you, they are an extraordinarily wonderful family. They are. Giving and oh, yeah. And I'm telling you, it's unbelievable. I mean, I can't tell you enough of um, what they did for us, what they gave to us. I mean, something simple. Y'all know my children are on this trip with me. 
they brought their grandchildren so that they had folks to play with and have fun with while we were working. I mean, that, that's oh. a small thing, but that's made their experience in Oklahoma. They truly, my children said to me, Mom, we just feel like we have family here now. I mean, how oh, remarkable okay. and wonderful is that? Right. That they would think to do that, and you're, yeah, you're all like one big family, and like I say, this is going to, this is going to be with them for the rest of their life, and who knows, this might make an impact on what they want to do for the rest of their life. Is oh, not, not only have you exposed them to so many wonderful people and experiences by virtue of the fact of what you do and in your institute, Mac, but, but this, this can be. You know, the, these things are just happening spontaneously, and they make an impression on your heart and your mind forever. And no Absolutely. one, no one can, you know. Absolutely. So, who knows? Maybe you'll be writing a book about this. <laughs> they might be, but I tell you, it's like you know. I look over at one point when we're at the house, and there, my children are playing on these huge haystacks. Well, I mean, they're city children. When, when are they ever going to climb up on haystacks and haymills and, you know, chase some little pygmy goats? I mean, they were having the time of their lives. Well, that's great. What I did on my summer vacation, right, Mac? Right. And, I mean, they've seen lizards and snakes and roadrunners and tumbleweeds. I mean, we have had a ball. And we got blocked in by a rock fly in Oklahoma, but that wasn't going to stop us. And we were involved in some of that flood in East Texas, and that wasn't going to stop us. And it's just, I'm telling you, amazing, amazing, amazing. And people have just been remarkable. Um, right this minute, I am in, do y'all know the, the movie Cars? There's a movie Cars about antique cars on Route 66. Right, okay. Okay, well, there's a man that owns those cars at the TP Motel who, is giving us a ride in Mater, which is the, you know, little uh, wrecker truck. And so, again, we're right now off-road in the middle of the desert and talking to you. And my kids, again, are having the time of their lives. I mean, when would they ever get to experience this? Never. Never if you planned it. You know, all of these things. So you talk about community coming together. What what else can you tell us with regard to some of the, the um some of the cases that you are you know working on or that are coming up as well? What do you I well you just yesterday? Yeah, yesterday we worked on yeah. the case of um, drive-by shooting Kate when our catch and uh, it was in the What's downtown. What's the name again? Caitlin Arquette. Caitlin Arquette. Okay. Uh huh. And it was um on Lomas Boulevard, right there in the middle of Albuquerque, and midnight, the night before we were to meet with the private investigator, a witness came forward privately uh, through Facebook to me, and they said, she said she would meet with us, and she was able to make some um, connections for us, and, yeah, and... And uh, I can't get out. Just walk around. Walk around it. And um, we're downtown. So when she came and met with a private investigator, she gave us some information we did not have before. And the good part 
is um, she connected two dots. Well, when we went back and talked to the victim's mother, the mother was able to connect two other people. So now we have four people that all have the same type of experience. And so when we went back to the district attorney, Carrie Brandenburg, we met with her, and she's like, huh, like they did not have those four. So we have four people with a similar story within a mile, within an hour. Well, for a criminologist like myself, a crime mm -hmm. analyst, you cannot ignore that as being relevant. You just can't. And for me, um, I thought it was one of the most significant things that happened. So we had somebody come forward. We had a connection and um, some uh, evidence, for lack of a better word, um, as far as their memory and as far as what uh, they witnessed. And I think it's going to pan out to be something pretty significant that we have to explore. Um, so, again, we're going to go back. We're going to do a timeline. We're going to do our timeline based on what the new information is with a new witness. So mm -hmm. to get a new witness on a case this old is <laughs> How miraculous. old is this case? And you said this was a drive-by shooting? Yeah, this happened in 1999. Okay. And a young girl, a young girl got shot just, you know, by happenstance being at the wrong place at the wrong time. Am I correct or no? Well, that's what we're looking into, whether it was that or deliberate. But here's the great thing. Her mom, her name is Lois Duncan, and she's written several books. She wrote the book, I Know What You Did Last Summer. She wrote the book, Hotel for oh, Calls. I know that one. Yes. Uh -huh. um, very famous writer. She wrote a book called Who Killed My Daughter? And she wrote a follow-up to that, One for the Wolves. And it's a great documented history of what has occurred throughout this whole case. So I encourage all of your folks that are listening to me right now yeah. to pick that book up because as a mother, I cannot fathom Somebody sitting down and writing this um, that happened One to their for baby. The One for the wolves and Who Killed My Daughter by Lois Duncan. And wasn't the other one, um, are, did this have to do with the movie, I Know What You Did Last Summer? Wasn't yes. there a couple of yes. movies based on that? Yes, yes, they turned that into a movie and they also turned, um, they also turned, um, uh, Hotel for Dogs into a movie. So this this woman this the 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 um the victim's mother is a pro prolific writer. She's written a couple of books regarding now. Are any of these regarding her daughter's murder? Are they all related or just one or two of them? The two books the two books are about her daughter, Who Killed My Daughter, and One okay. for the Wolves. Those two are about Kate Arquette's murder. And the foreword is written, um, uh, now I'm drawing a blank all of a sudden. Uh, he's a famous writer that wrote uh, Stranger Beside Me. I'm drawing a blank. And Sorry. Oh, and Rule, thank you. Oh, so, okay, you, that's you great. Can, <laughs> yeah, so you can find the book. 
and, and they're they're a remarkable um, parental version of what occurred. And and she's got it date, time, you know, people that call her, people that helped her. Mm-hmm. So you're going back and creating your own timeline, you said, regarding this, this murder. Yes. So it's, it's, yes, I'm here. It's okay. remarkable. Oh, just you know, like you're you're weaving in so many different um, aspects that you. It sounds like you didn't anticipate, and kind of you know putting this big puzzle together. And the sure. fact that this mo- mother is a, you know, a, a, a prolific writer. How does how you know that must be very helpful in terms of someone having those skills and being able to put this together and having all these things documented already. I think it's truly been one of the uh, most beneficial aspects, especially for the students, because instead of them having to create everything, they can go to her, and here it is in a book. So all the students have the book. All the experts have the book. Uh, Just crazy. (laughs) Crazy. Wow, and t- t- tell us a little bit about um, what the uh, what the experience has been for these students. And you're you're having different students being able to to come into the different cases. Um, and what has what has their reaction and comments been along the way? Oh man, um, well yeah, they helped raise a lot of the money, and and I think meeting the families have been the most rewarding so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my daughter just walked past me and said, yeah, they're just like family. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you, you sit with somebody and you laugh and you cry and you share a meal. I mean, that's pretty much family at this point. And, you know, you're working and trying to do right by them, and they're trying to do right by you. And, you know, like I said, they won't stop feeding us. They won't stop putting us up at hotels. They won't stop, you know, putting us on their prayer list from 17 different churches. I mean, you just, it's really overwhelming. And then to watch one family say that they're going to pray for the family we're going to or the family we just left, I mean, it's all so touchy. And it's all so, I mean, I can't tell you the amount of giving and prayers and food and money and shelter and just well wishes. I mean, we've had um, even waiters and waitresses just, I don't even want that tip. Y'all just go on, you know, be safe, safe travels. Who does that? It's well wishes. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, yeah. what what else is it that we can, we can do as a radio show and, and myself from this point to the, you know, through the rest of the tour? What's, what's really important that we can continue to help contribute? I, want to know. I mean, I think you're doing it. I think, you know, you're you're letting me document it. You're letting the students that can't make it hear me. Um, you're letting people know how important the work is. You're letting We're people know where their promote. money went. I mean, seriously, you're letting people know where their money went. So, you know, to get Kelly Ayers, you know, to Oklahoma from New Mexico and then back to West Virginia, they did that. And, mm-hmm. and having, you know... Uh, Holly, I mean, you can't put a price tag on that, and you can't overstate the importance of, you know, having Dwayne Thompson and Dr. Marianne Greenfield. 
I mean, you're talking about people that, you know, it was $5,000, you know, to get them places. And wow. people gave yeah. and gave and, you know, it's just remarkable. Yep. Mm. Can you yep. give us the, um, if if people are wanting to give more donations for for this or for the future, can you give us the address again? Sure, um, sure. It, it, it always helps in the future, even beyond this tour. Right, absolutely. Um, they can send it to the Cold Case Institute, or CCIRI. Are you there? I think I think her call dropped, Donna. Um, we'll wait and see if she can get back okay. into us. Okay. A lot of times, yeah. you know, when you're when you're out and about out there, the service for your cell phone isn't always as good as it could be. I know when I was in New Mexico, the whole way out there, I was only able to get service in the bigger cities. So I'm not sure exactly where she oh, is out there, yeah. but she's somewhere in the desert. <laughs> I know. We'll give her a few minutes. Here she comes. She's okay. back in oh, here now. Okay. Right. Here right. she is. I mean, literally, we're in the middle of the desert. Sorry. I, I it's, understand. Um, are, you near, are you near a big city at all? No, we're not. And we're, we're we're out in the middle of the desert right now hunting for petrified wood. So oh. it's um, CCIRI 541 10th Street, 541 10th Street. Number two thirty-five, mm-hmm. Atlanta, Georgia, three zero three one eight, and okay. and again, I just want to tell everybody how much we appreciate the donations already. But again, you you see what it's going to. We're out here doing it, and all the you know gas cards from people. You wouldn't believe the colleges, you know Westwood and Argosy, and Brown Mackey and AUM and Faulkner. I mean, they're paying for most of the gas. Um, and we've had in. right, and we've had um, uh, fans from your show and the Nancy Grace show and other places give food cards. Um, I had one person send a big group of like McDonald's, Burger King, ice cream places, and said mm-hmm. these are for your children. I mean, just so wow, you know. That's, so again, yeah. people have just been remarkable, remarkable. Well, you know, it comes full circle, and I just want to say all all that you are giving and sacrificing, um, I know you love it, and I know it's your job, and your job is it's your job, but it's, it's your life. It's in your DNA. It's in my DNA for any of us that do this. Uh, but I just, you know, have to say that people are giving back, you know, and you're giving so much in return, so we want to thank you for what you're doing, you know, and um, – we 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 still have about uh, 20 minutes or so to be able to continue um, a narrative for these adventures. So just to give you a time frame, because I know you're not near a clock. <laughs> right, you know? and I tell you, I may I may lose you in a minute for good. Um, okay. So let me let me just say this in case I do. What would you like? Um, the, on the three cases again, we have evidence that was collected on the first one. We have the media firestorm and agreement from the sheriff and DA to move forward when we put our stuff together. And then on the third one, we had a witness and we're able to connect four people within a mile, within an hour. So 
it, it's been amazing. It has been absolutely amazing. And when we talk again, um, yeah. I want to talk about Bonnie and Clyde and some of the other characters that we've met. Not just cases, but just flat characters. <laughs> and oh, um, well, I think that would be interesting to people, too, because as we've gone along, again, there's been, you know, all these experiences that we weren't really counting on that occurred. Right, and that's what makes us so rich. So, you, um, if you have to, you know, you have to go at the moment. Let us know, and we'll we'll pick back up with the story as, as soon as you can reconnect with us. Okay, and we'll. Well, let's do that. I'll, how about if I do that in about an hour? Or so would that be all right? Uh, sure, sure. Let just let us know. Is that okay, Delilah? Is that okay? All right. Yes. We'll we'll do that. Reconnect, okay? She's uh, she's dropped. She's lost the signal. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, that and happens I, I in just, the desert. It does, and and that's fine. And what we'll do is we'll close out the show a little bit early. But once one more time before we do close out this show is let's give the address for donations for this trip from the scene of the crime. Um, they're they're not even halfway through this. It's amazing the work that they've done already and how much uh, is is yet to come. So it's very very exciting to hear all of the news firsthand from Cheryl. Um, so oh, yeah. any of the I'm listeners to... out there can can make a donation to keep this going, um, or for the next time. You just never know. The address to send donations is five four one. 10th Street, number 235, Atlanta, Georgia, 30318. That's 541 10th Street, number 235, Atlanta, Georgia, 30318. And I mean, if you've listened to the show and you, you've listened to Cheryl report on everything that has happened so far, um, you can see that you're donations are completely well spent and really helping find some resolution for families that have been waiting waiting and waiting so long and they they deserve it they they deserve to know they they deserve to find some kind of ending to the to the grief to the to everything that they've been through since the something torture, yeah absolutely I, right i so agree with you and i will uh, we can pick it back up with her on this um, soon and uh, shortly, and I can we can put it up on our Facebook as well to let people know and uh, to continue and, and how appreciated this is. As many sources as possible, if we can do this and, and, and keep this going because, you know, they're only partway through this, and they've got a long way to go. And, you know, money, they can stretch money, and you see how generous people have been. It just is really touching to me and so very important so yeah i think we we want to do that and we'll we'll continue as as we are able as we're able to keep the connection with her okay all right well let's go ahead and close it out for now okay very good uh we'll 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 see you on the other side as they say